My name is Claire Marshall and I'm listening from Calgary, Alberta. Welcome back to Valerie's Variety Podcast with your host, me, Valerie Moss. This show is about reviews, interviews, and my daily views. It's a story podcast about my life in Calgary. Whatever, whenever. This show drops every Tuesday. Follow me on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook with links at ValerieMoss.ca. Today's show is part three of my interview with Claire Marshall. It's the final chapter of this amazing time I got to spend with a local Calgary author. As a bit of a recap, I'm interviewing Claire. I found her and her amazing lineup of books at the Creative Market Show here in Calgary. And since I've interviewed her, I'm about 50% through her third book of the Sparkstone saga. Claire promised to come back and spend some more time with me and more Q&A on the last two books of the saga, book two and book three. In part three today, and the final part, we will listen to more readings from Claire's voice on the Sparkstone saga, and we're focusing on book one, but there is two more books currently available and two more in the works, so she reveals to me today. We talk about J'adore, one of the university professors. She has interesting skin and is high up in the position within the, quote, collective alien community. We'll also talk about her upcoming shows, her favorite author, and why. And I'm talking about Claire. Her liking to video spiderweb software, where she ordered one of his games through the mail, cash and envelope, when she was just 12 years old. And Claire's future, what's next for her, as well as her new podcast chapter serial series, available off her website called Wing Torn. I'm going to start listening to it. Will you? Book one is called Stars in Her Eyes. Book two is called Dreams in Her Head. And book three is called Hunger in Her Bones. And here's the back cover narrative. Too bad Claire's not here to read this to me, or for me, or for you, I should have said. But here goes, back cover of book three, and then we'll continue the interview. Just when Ingrid and her friends have their hands full investigating the whereabouts of the missing students at Sparkstone University, Sunny Harris's mother shows up. 
demanding to know where her daughter is. Only Ingrid and her friends know Sunny's true fate, but telling Mrs. Harris the truth could put everyone in danger. Unfortunately, that's the least of their problems. An eager student with journalistic inclinations believes she's found the scoop of a lifetime at Sparkstone. And the proprietor of the new local occult shop believes they found a way to communicate with the dead. Oh, and that mysterious alien that only Ingrid can see? He relays chilling details about future happenings that Ingrid must now prevent. All the while, the collective are preparing to mount their most dangerous attack yet with a weapon that cannot be controlled. Playing with the forces of life and death never got anyone in trouble before. Things that are dead stay dead, right? Not at Sparkstone, they don't. Now on to the final part of this interview. Enjoy the episode. When you cut, when you get into book two, mm-hmm. just give us a little idea. Like I love, I, do you say j'adore or is uh, it I say j'adore. J'adore. Yes. So describe like I want you to describe Jador for me because she's so mysterious she's one of the teachers yes yes she's professors one. yes um and she is kind of got a disability yeah it's sort fake of disability yeah she's a faker yes because uh well I guess it's not I don't know how much of like I should say it's not really a secret that there's an alien invasion happening. Invasion happening in the yeah, book. Yeah, so some of the humans aren't really humans. They're yes. something called hafoglobs. Yes. How do you say it? Hafoglobs. Yeah. Hafoglobs. <laughs> so they're hafoglobs. Which yes. how did you come up with that uh, word? I, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I just put some words together. I was like, that sounds good. It's oh my got, god! Like, I could totally picture what a half a glob was when I was reading it. it was like, perfect. <laughs> Yes, well, Jador is uh, not human, I guess we can say. It's pretty obvious. Um, she is disguising herself. Um, she pretends to be blind, basically, mm-hmm. in the books. And so she goes around with these sunglasses on all the time. And a cane. And a like cane. Like a walking stick. Yeah. Yes, yes. But it becomes pretty clear um, that she is not blind. Right, because students are walking down the hallway and she can't see them. Yeah, but quote she, unquote. she will She's still. like, hey, aren't you late for class? And yeah. people are like, what the heck? How do you know I'm standing here? Yes. Yeah. I'm not deaf, you know. <laughs> I know how you walk. So she, so describe her skin when the sun hits it. Yeah, she like, she's got some weird DNA stuff going on. She's... Trying to be human, but in order to be human, she has to cover this cream all over her mm-hmm. skin. And so her natural skin is very scaly. It's green. And it's green. Okay. And she's sort of reptilian, but uh, she, 
to be human. I mean, there's skin there, obviously, but like there's hair and it's it gets kind of mixed up at times if she doesn't keep up her skin right. regimen. And but her yeah. eyes too. Yeah, so she's sort of sensitive to light. Right. Yes. So there's one point where the sun hits her or she's going in front of the door, I can't remember, and the the skin is all this green, iridescent, shimmery, mm-hmm. scaly, yes. hidden. It was just this little tiny part that the students saw. Yeah. So I thought that was a really neat edge to her because she, when you kind of go through the book, she is in charge. Yes, or she she's wants the one that you yeah. do not want to mess with. Yes, right. Yes, and she's she's kind of in charge of the university, but she wants to be more in charge of the whole in- invasion and what's yes. called the collective, which is a group of alien species that are working together to scientifically control. Ad- yeah, to control and also scientifically advance themselves. And so they do that by... Through the student population. Yes. They, okay. Yes. So we won't... We won't that. <laughs> yes, but that's that's who they're fighting, essentially. And so uh, internally, Jadora is just... She wants to advance further in this organization and really take control. And she has... Yeah, I, I really like Jadora as a character. And I kind of... I don't know how much I... I can't remember how much I drip into these three books, but I'm trying to get more into it in the fourth book mm. where she's... Yeah, because... Her past is, like, very interesting. Her, okay, so I don't know anything about her past yet either. Yes. So, um, read us another passage. Do you have something okay. that you want to read? Uh, sure. Do you want to read other books? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil, like, too no, much. No, I know. I mean, we can even just read the back. If you want to read the back. <laughs> I could read too. that, or I could read the prologue. It's not too long. Or the back. I don't know. What yeah. Do you- the, yeah, why don't you read the prologue? Sure. Let's just stick with book one then. Okay. With the reading, and then sure. book two and three will leave more mysterious. Okay, okay. So this is just the prologue in Stars and Horizon. Stars and Horizon, book mm-hmm. one. Yes. The girl with the red hair comes, but she is too late. The green serpent hides in their midst, casting long false shadows on the wall as she rears and bares her fangs. Flashing skin and scales, the serpent and the woman are one. The backhanded strike cracks like lightning, and her cheek stings and reddens as if the blow were real because it will be. A gasp catches in Sunny's throat as she wakens. Her cheek is burning. There is no mark there because everything she's seen hasn't happened yet. Sunny throws the covers from her bare legs and pads across the cold hardwood to the bathroom. The only light comes from the shell-shaped nightlight plugged in above the vanity. A wide, teardrop-shaped mirror hangs above the sink. Sunny can't avoid her reflection forever. She grabs the plastic cup resting on the marble counter, pours herself some water, and downs it. It won't wash away anything, not really. The mirror reveals everything. Her blonde curls are frizzled from sleep, 
The ponytail she'd tied before bed is almost gone. The blue elastic band barely hanging on to a tangled clump of hair strung over her left shoulder. A young woman stares back at her with bleary green eyes. The, green, the dream is still reflected in her pupils. She watches the images over and over again, knowing that no matter how much she rubs the sleep from her eyes, no matter how much time she puts between the dream and the present moment, it won't go away. It doesn't work like that, not with these types of dreams. Touching the mirror with gentle fingertips, Sunny leans forward over the vanity and presses her forehead against her reflection. While her breath fogs the mirror, the meaning of the dream becomes clear. Two things will come to pass. One, the girl the collective is searching for will arrive soon. And two, to save her friends, Sunny must die. Dun, 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 dun. dun, dun. Oh my gosh. So I love your books. Thank you. I love them so much. So where can people find you? Yeah. Do you do like chapters readings? Do you do... Uh, I've done the odd uh, chapter book signings. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly I do... trade shows and conventions all across the country so the next one I have is in Saskatoon but I do have uh one coming up in Calgary in November I'm doing the Festival of Crafts okay I think that's where where we would have met met. yes which is a great show yes it is lovely very Mm -hmm. good I I I I'm doing actually more of Signatures is the company that owns it, and I'm doing more of their shows this year. So I'll do one in oh, Winnipeg, great. and then doing the big one in Edmonton, the Butterdome show. Oh, lovely. So that's the one in December? Yes. Okay. I'm really nervous for that one. It's going to be so big. So I can actually, we can talk out off, off air, mm-hmm. but um, my aunt, she runs a business as well and does the Butterdome and has been doing it for like 15 years. Whoa. So I can put you in touch with her. Sure. And then if you want to like prep her with questions or whatever sure, yeah you, you guys she would adore you anyways <laughs> but she's lovely so I'll put you guys in touch and then sure. you can have like a little connection there sure anyway, so you're gonna make the better dome yes. which is in December yes. big show yes I have all of the events are listed on my website yes um what's your website so my website is fairyinkpress.com that's okay. f-a-e-r-y-i-n-k-p-r-e-s-s dot com Perfect. Yes, and you can find me on Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. Instagram. So, what are your social handles? Uh, it's all. It should be all Fairy Ink Press. Um, I do my Twitter. I'm not on Twitter very much, but it's just my name, Claire. I think it's Claire Marshall. Claire Marshall thirteen, something like that. But the best pl- the places where I mostly am are Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And you're under Fairy Ink Press for yes. both. Yes. Yes. Okay. And. I want to ask you something. Yes. Who is your favorite author? Or like if oh you were my. to recommend a book for me to read or us to read, who would it be and why? Um, oh boy. Somebody that you just like, you have to read this book. Uh, yeah, there's so many. I know. <laughs> um, is it, it is Marissa Mayer who wrote, um, I see, Cinder. Cinder? Cinder. Is that right? Yeah, I see. She's the, from Google. 
Marissa Mayer. Marissa Mayer. Uh, she she is. See, I think it's called Cinder. Is okay. the book? It's a young adult. Um, it's sort of sci-fi, but it's like a retelling of a fairy tale. Um, she has a bunch of different ones, but I really liked the first one. Yeah, Marissa Mayer. Yes. Yeah. Cin- okay. Is it called Cinder? Cinder, yeah. I did it. Uh, yeah, just oh, neat. the cover, cover. I remembered. Yeah. Very, um, so it has a, a, a foot it's, with a calf with a big red shoe. And it's a robotic. Oh, yeah, and you can see it's a bit robotic. Okay. So it's a Cinderella. Well, there are other fairy tales too, but right. this one is a Cinderella retelling, but with a sci-fi bent. Oh, okay. Yes, with with like robots and cybernetics and uh, aliens. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you like if you like my books, you will definitely like her books. Okay. Good yes. to know. Yes. And do you have any authors that you want to aspire to be more like? Oh, God. Are you (laughs) kind of like really... We all aspire for J.K. Rowling, don't we? Of course. (laughs) Uh, I guess I I don't specifically. um, I kind of like where I'm going. I certainly have different um, companies and other different types of artists that I kind of look to that are higher up than me in the sense that they're more established Mm -hmm. um people like uh okay my real my real nerdiness is showing now uh i i like video games and computer games okay as part of my hobby and i really like um spiderweb software which has been around for like a bajillion years he's it's basically this one guy and uh he he was indie before indie was a thing Okay. Like, he was selling his video games, his computer games, like, through shareware and stuff before, like, Steam, before the internet was, like, really a thing. And I remember paying for one of his games, like, through the Canada Post, like, mail order. Oh, yeah, And, yeah. and the, the woman at the counter being like, are you sure you want to pay, like... 30 or 50 dollars canadian for this u.s game like do you know what you're doing 12 year old claire and i was like yes this game is so good right and so like getting it in the mail and i kind of looked to him in the sense that like he's been doing the same thing for 25 30 years kept it small he produces all of his own games he has a few contractors and i think his wife and maybe one other full-time employee like he and he keeps the thing that's also interesting about him is he re-releases the same games, like he remasters mm. them and makes them better and re-releases them, which sounds like it wouldn't work, right? Because it's the same, it's essentially the but same Disney story, but they yeah, it's, Lion it's King. exactly like that, right. except on a smaller scale. And you know what? It doesn't matter because his stories are good. The gameplay is good. It's not about graphics. Like the people who play right. the games don't really care about the graphics. It's about the story and it's about the gameplay. Right. And so, so I kind of look to something like that. And I'm like, I think that's that's something that I can kind of model off of. Right. And being like sure yeah. about your path. Yeah. Now. Uh, is so freaking important. I mean, be organic and, you know, take your influences in, but just really stay true to who you are and what you want to write about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
what's next for you? Can you tell us a bit about like maybe some of your other books that you've done? Yeah. And... So what's next for me immediately is I'm working on book four. I know. So she stayed up all <laughs> night, super late before she came today because I I well I it was good because I had some breakthroughs and I'm kind of working on stuff and I'm trying to get that out by this fall sometimes. So hopefully that's the next book that comes out. Um, I also have a free weekly serial called Wing Torn, and it's basically a fantasy story, and I release a chapter every week on my website, and you can read it or you can listen to it because I, I, I read it into the microphone, and there's pretty music and all that stuff. And it's just started because you're on chapter, 13. I'm just looking on your website, chapter 13. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing it for 13 weeks. Weeks. Yes. <laughs> I got I got to write more ahead on that too because I I had it it's a, basically a novella that I wrote a while ago okay. and I was sort of editing it and making it better and I was like, "Well, why don't I just do this like weekly serial mm. thing? Why don't I just do this?" Right, <laughs> right. I said to Sounds myself. so easy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so there there will be different like books in that. And so when I'm done one book, I'll release it as an ebook. Or, okay, so when yeah. I go in here, mm -hmm. can I read? Uh, if you go what? to page two, if you say start here, if you want to go to like chapter oh, one. Oh, yeah, I see. Page two. I think it's probably page three at this point. My name is Claire C. Marshall, and I'm an author-publisher at Fairy Inc. Press. That's F-A-E-R-Y Inc. Press. There we go. Yeah. Okay, Can you, do you want to read us? Sure. Just, you don't have to read the whole chapter one, but just give <laughs> us a little... This is cool. So what you've done is you've written something, and then weekly you're releasing each chapter. Yes. In yes. your own voice. Yes. So you with your own studio recording and everything. Yes. Yes. Awesome. This is great. <laughs> okay. So here, chapter one, Connor. Yes. <clears throat> chapter one, Connor. A noise in the kitchen below lifted Connor Dunma from his studies. The candlelight on his desk flickered as he stood, listening again for the noise. There it was. Creaking floorboards and muffled murmurs of two voices, Mother and Da, as they crossed the kitchen. To Connor's knowledge, they were not expecting a midnight delivery. The paper never came this hour, neither did the ink supplier, nor the poets. Not even the most eccentric poets would disturb a printer so late. At least that was the reputation his parents had established in their many years of operation. Perhaps they were restless, or they'd forgotten to dim the lanterns in the library. Squinting through his exhaustion, he peered down at the history book laid flat on his desk. He had an early shift in the library in the morning, yet he couldn't resist staying up to read just one more book, especially one about the Order of the Saya Crescent. The print was small and faded. The ancient order of protector warriors and wielders of the Fey Court had accomplished much before they were eliminated in a war nearly a decade and a half ago, and any of it could come up in the tower entrance exam. The book itself was a first edition, but not from his parents' press. They refused to print tomes about magic. 
Too dangerous, they thought. Magical words made permanent on the page with the science of ink? Connor sighed and closed the book. His parents were not as forward-thinking as he was. The sigh turned into a yawn as he blew out the candle on his desk. Just another few weeks, and then he'd be in the capital, and he would have access to all the magical tomes he could carry. The crunching of wheels and gravel outside stayed his desires for rest. Leaving his desk, he crawled onto the bed to the window, where he could make out the outline of a carriage in front of the house in the beginnings of rain. Beneath him, the hushed voices of his parents became more urgent. A delivery? Really? Perhaps, Connor thought optimistically as he tiptoed across the bedroom. It was a magistrate here to tell his family that his request for aid had been received and that he wouldn't have to pay to take the entrance exam at the tower. Wouldn't that be something? He barely had enough airja to save, as it was from working in the library. His parents paid him a pittance for sorting the tomes and dealing with the poets, scholars, and other patrons. And if he didn't get an extra 50 airja within a fortnight, he'd have to wait until next year to take that exam. That wasn't an option. He had to get out of Ashdown. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I want to read it now. <laughs> that sounds good. Thank you. It's sort this of... This is one I just wrote like a few years ago. <laughs> and so. then I made a little bit better. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, it's a fantasy. It's set in a different world. And there's humans and there's the Fae. And there was this war like a decade or so ago. Uh, well, two decades ago. And um, it just basically ended... Well, the humans won. But uh, it's sort of... There was some fallout and one night Connor who is a human mm-hmm. uh, he his parents uh, he witnesses his parents meeting this mysterious man and this girl who may not be human mm. uh, she is half fae which in this world um, humans and fae uh, they biologically would have trouble having mm-hmm. a child and but here she is Interesting. Yes. So you have four categories of books, science <clears throat> fiction, fantasy, mm-hmm. horror, thriller, and yes. post-apocalyptic. Yes, post-apocalyptic. Yes. That's my newest one that I released. Um, it was sort of a collaboration with my friends. Uh, they have this story world, and they approached me to write a young adult uh, novel or novella in set in their world. So mm-hmm. I think like Iron Giant meets Peter Pan is sort okay, of the bent yeah. oh, on that. So who does all your <clears throat> artwork? It's so incredible. Oh, thank you. Um, so different people. Uh, for for Gear and Sea, which is the one I was talking about. Yes. Um, that artwork was done by Justin Curry, who runs Chasing Artwork, and he's out of Winnipeg. Okay. Um, he's a pretty big name there. Like he does work for Marvel and like. Oh wow! Different. He's got, he has a lot of different clients, um, but he's uh, he's great. Um, the artwork for my Sparkstone saga mm-hmm. is uh, a guy based out of uh, Indonesia. I think his studio is called Unreal Studios, and so I've worked with him over the years to do these covers. Yeah, well, that's what kind of gravitated me to your booth the time when I met you at yes. the market. I thought this is so neat, and my girlfriend bought the fox. The Violet Fox. Violet and Fox. my fiance and did those ones. Oh, the <laughs> is incredible on those. <laughs> Thank you. 
So, is there anything else you want to share with us, Claire Marshall? Ah, uh, well, I guess you can come and look me up on my website, which yes. is very impressed. Uh, if you are local in Calgary, come visit me at my shows, which I guess the next Calgary one is the uh, Festival of Crafts. But I will also be at Edmonton Expo. Uh, which I have been going to for like five years. Right, and on your website I see of upcoming events. Yes, so that should list every yeah, Calgary Expo, April 26th, Ottawa, Nyquist, Montreal, Edmonton. Oh yeah, you got quite a few on here. <laughs> yes. Well, November 7th is the Festival of Crafts. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so come visit me. Uh, at the Festival of Crafts, which is a great show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, if you like my books, you can get them uh, through my website directly from me. There'll be a link on the, on my show notes yes. for you. You can also go into chapters and you can order them in. Okay. Uh, for most of them, it just takes a little bit longer because uh, that's just how that works. How it works, yeah. Yep, yep. And Or you can come find me at any convention that I do and I will talk with you and sign your books. And She's very personable, everybody. <laughs> She's very outgoing and an absolute delight. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Wayne Well. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Yay. Well, what a great time we had hanging out in Studio 17. I want to thank Claire again for taking the time to come to my home and sharing her life story with me that got her to this great place with her amazing series of books. I can't wait to read all of them and let me know what you think. If you decide to read along with me, check out her site and mine, ValerieMoss.ca. Visit Fairy Ink Press and ValerieMoss.ca for all the show notes and details. This show is written and edited by me, Valerie Moss, with, of course, the help of the beautiful Claire C. Marshall. The loops I used from Garage Band were 4th Dimension Beat 02, Found Sound Topper, and Curiosity Synth Layers. Talk to you next Tuesday. My name is Claire C. Marshall, and I'm an author-publisher at Fairy Ink Press. That's F-A-E-R-Y, Inc.